Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. The Mind for Life podcast. Where your thinking can change your life. And now, here's your host, Jeff Bogazic. up everyone and welcome to the mind for life podcast where we help you to learn how to transform your thinking in order to transform your life it's great to have you with us today last week we had a great interview with chance of strategicsecrets.com and chance brought us some great knowledge about success and failure and he gave us some great insight into how he thinks and succeeds in life. If you haven't heard that interview, go back and take a listen to episode 15. Also, if you're interested in how to monetize your skills, that's what Chance specializes in. So if you go to the show notes for last week's episode, you can click on that link right to Chance's Monetize Your Skills course and find out how you can make money off of what you already know. And I want to remind you to subscribe, if you would please, to this podcast on iTunes. There's a link right on our website to subscribe, so go ahead and help us out with that, if you will. Now, today, we're going to talk about a topic that is devastating to some people, and that's fear. Fear is an incredibly powerful emotion, and it can literally paralyze us in our lives. You know, in some cases, fear can grip us so powerfully that we're unable to even physically move. That's how powerful fear can be. But when I talk about paralyzing fear, what more likely happens, not that it prevents us from physically being able to move, but it prevents us from doing something, from taking action in our life. And now today, I want to address some common fears. And I'm not talking about like the fear of heights or the fear of spiders, which I have by the way, I have a fear of spiders. Uh, in fact, there was a time when I was driving my car down the street. I don't even remember where I was going, but I was driving. And all of a sudden, as I was driving, this spider came dropping down in front of my face while I was driving. I swerved trying to knock this thing out and almost got a car wreck because it's, it, was, it wasn't even a big one. It was a little tiny spider came and I don't know why but I just have a fear of spiders especially those big wolf spiders you know we get them in our house and those things you know I don't even want to touch them when we get near them but I'm not talking about fear of spiders I'm not talking about fear of heights I'm not even talking about the fear of public speaking which is another very popular one um, and if you're interested in help with Overcoming the fear of public speaking, I can help you with that. And you can just email me there if that's something you'd like coaching on. And I can help you with that 
And uh, you can find me on Fiverr there, or you can just send me an email, jeff at mindforlife.org. And that's something we can talk about. But I'm not talking about those types of fears today. What I want to talk about are fears that prevent us from being more successful in life and having a more fulfilling life. See, fear is a particular way of thinking about the world. It's something that happens in our mind cognitively. We are afraid because our thoughts turn toward things that are unpleasant. Maybe you had this experience. You're sitting at home or you're somewhere and you're supposed to meet someone that you care about a lot, a loved one or a friend, and they don't show up when they're supposed to. And you don't get a call, and you don't get a text. And when you try to text, when you try to call, you can't reach them. And this is a ripe opportunity for fear to begin to set in because our brains begin to formulate potentials of what might have happened that prevented our loved one or our friend from coming to meet us. I remember a time particularly When my wife didn't come home, she was going to some party or something like that. And she was supposed to come home at a particular time. I was like 10 o'clock or whatever. And she didn't show up. And I couldn't get a hold of her. I called her on her cell phone. I texted her. And I couldn't get a hold of her. And she wouldn't respond. She wouldn't answer. And she's normally pretty good about if she's going to be late of checking in and, and you know, calling and saying, even if her phone doesn't work or something, she's normally pretty good, but she, but she wasn't doing that. And, and I, I kind of sat around and I said, you know, okay, well, you know, she's probably running late or whatever. And, and after a half hour, you know, and I, I still couldn't reach her, I still couldn't call her, I started calling more, started calling more. Started, and after about an hour, 45 minutes, and it, when it became an hour, Right, I started to have these thoughts. Something happened. Something must have happened because she's not here and she's not calling. And and ultimately, it was nothing. She got to talking to someone and lost track of time. Right, nothing was wrong. But I remember distinctly how quickly my thinking could descend into a fear that was paralyzing even when nothing in reality had taken place. Well, fear works like that. And when it serves its purpose, it is and can be a protective emotion. When we start to experience fear, it can it can cause us to stop or cause us, uh, prevent us from doing things that might harm us. You know, we have a fear of heights and I don't know if you've ever come to the edge of a cliff, you know, you get this fear, you get something begins to take your breath away and you're, you're like, I don't know, I can't, I don't know if this is just me, but sometimes this happens when I walk up to the edge of a cliff, I can't get close, right? If I'm standing on a board, I can stand on a board when it's two inches above the ground, but when it's a huge cliff, I feel like if I get If I get more than four feet to it, I'm going to fall over the edge, right? (laughs) But that's what fear does. And and you've seen maybe 
videos on YouTube of people that overcome those fears and, and you know, will fall asleep on the beams that they're working on on high rises and things like that. But, but fear can protect us and prevent us from doing things that might harm us. But an unhealthy fear can really mess up our quality of life and paralyze us and prevent us from living a fulfilled life. And there are a couple of common fears that prevent us, in my opinion, we're going to talk about today, that prevent us from living a more fulfilled life and ones that we can address. The first one is a fear of what we cannot control. You see, many people are afraid of things that are outside what, uh, what we might call their sphere of influence. And there are certain things in life that we have some control over, right? There's certain areas that we can influence, that we can act upon and change and affect um, what we eat, how we, how we, uh, how healthy we eat, what our diet is might be one of them. So, so for example, if we're afraid of having a heart attack, that's something that, to a certain extent, we can control. We can begin to take steps to prevent that from happening. We can eat the right foods, and, and we can do cardiovascular exercise. Right, Having a heart attack can be something that is in our sphere of influence, can be something that we can have some effect on. However... Being afraid of an earthquake, right? Being paralyzed in fear of an earthquake is something that we really can't control. It's something outside our sphere of influence. Of course, we can move to a different place in the country where there may be less earthquakes than, than wherever we are. But really, that's something we can't control. And a lot of times people in life are afraid of things they can't control. Maybe afraid of what someone else is going to do. They may be afraid of what might happen if they went here. And, and those are things that are really outside our area of control. Another one is the fear of not being good enough. The fear of not being good enough. Sometimes this is called imposter syndrome. And there are greater and lesser versions of this. Some people who have a greater version of imposter syndrome are very high achievers. And they have this to such a point that they live in constant fear that even though they have achieved all of these things, that someone is going to find out they're a fake, that someone is going to find out that really, even though they've done all of these things, they're a fraud, they're a phony. But to a lesser extent, other people fear that they're not good enough or smart enough to venture out and do something. And it prevents them from going out and doing something. This can be a lack of confidence, but even more so, it's a fear that prevents us from growing as a person, from doing things that allow us to develop and grow. 
And this fear is also related to another one, the fear of failure. And the fear of failure is not just about not being good enough, but it, it's being afraid of failing at something. And for whatever reason, people are afraid to fail. As if that says when they're not able to accomplish something or whatever, that they are a failure as a person. And maybe, maybe that's what they think. But fear of failure can prevent us from even trying something. And there's a ton of other common fears out there. But let me address these three because... I believe they're based on lies. These three fears arise out of believing something about the world that is simply, in my opinion, not true. First, we fear what we can't control, and many times it's based upon superstition. See, we have a desire to believe that we can control our own destiny. And I absolutely believe that to a certain extent we can. But we also must recognize that there are other factors out there that are outside of our area of control, that are outside of our sphere of influence that we have absolutely no control over, and they can affect our destiny. Right, A drunk driver smashes into us when we're driving home. We have no control over that. But we have this desire to control the things that we cannot. And we often revert to superstitions and rituals in an effort to make sense of the things in this world that are nonsensible. To find a way to control it. To find a way to right? Uh, to grasp it. And this is why in ancient times, people made sacrifices to the gods, right? Because there was all of these things that were outside of their control. But in, an or, in order to try to find a way to control, in order to find a way to make sense of it, they would develop these magic rituals. In fact, magic... Uh, as a gentleman by the name of Jacques Ellul said, it was one of the first technologies, a series of rituals and incantations and the right mixture of elements in an effort to control nature. And if we need rain, we call the shaman to come and perform the ceremony so and to perform the dance and to shake the shakers or whatever it is so that the crops would grow right so the rain would fall and if and if his ritual didn't work well he must have done something wrong but the ritual the magic was there to try to alleviate our fear of what we cannot control and we do this today a lot of people do this today i call it fatalism where people blame God for whatever happens in life as if that was the part of some divine plan. 
And I, I, I personally can't stand it when someone says, you know, some, someone dies or someone close to you is taken from you. And someone comes and says, oh, that was, God must have had, God has a plan for it. That's part of God's plan. And see, it's very hard to make sense of a supposed good God who has a plan, who makes it part of his plan to give your daughter cancer and kill her before she turns five. I mean, what kind of God is that? That that's what he planned to do, to bring devastation. When we talk about evil, we can't just look at evil in some distant way. We've got to make it personal. We've got to understand it in all of its horror. It's no wonder why people turn away from a God like that. I'm not a fatalist. I recognize the infinite complexity of what's going on. But at the same time, I am a Christian and I believe in God's omnipotence. So how do you reconcile those two things? How do you reconcile those two things which, which seem diametrically opposed? There's evil in the world, but yet there's an all-powerful God that supposedly has power. Well, Alul again called it a dialectic. And what he said was, you recognize a tension between these two extremes that both exist at the same time, yet are opposite truths. Martin Buber, who was another existential philosopher, called it walking the narrow ridge. He talked about walking down this narrow path of life, this windy path between these two great chasms on each side and not having a certain knowledge about either. And there are things that we simply cannot and will not know. And if you listen to the podcast where we talked about what science can really tell us, you would understand, hopefully, that we will never know certain things with absolute certainty. We will never know. And if any human being says they know something with absolute certainty about the nature of reality or about the universe or about the world with absolute 100%. They're either lying or they're delusional. We cannot know with absolute certainty. So if you, if you disagree with that, go back and listen to that podcast. Listen to the argument I give there and then send me a message. But we can't control things in life. We can't always control things. There are things outside. And no superstition, no ritual is going to ever fix that. And so we need to develop an awareness of that to realize that that is part of what it means to live a life. Be aware of it rather than be paralyzed by it. A second is the belief that you're not good enough. The belief that you're not good enough is an untruth because no one 
is good enough at first. And if there's one thing I've learned in life, it's this, that we can learn, that we can grow, that we can become something that we are not now with time. No one great ever started out great. They work their way up to it. And we see people who have achieved so much and who have done incredibly great things. And we say, I could never do what they're doing. But the truth of the matter is, when they started, they were just as we are. They didn't start out automatically great. They started out And that's the point. They started. So don't be afraid you're not good enough because you are good enough. And if you work hard, you can accomplish things that you can only dream about now. It's a process. It's a journey. You don't just automatically jump to greatness. You work your way up. And it's pretty much simply just about getting started. I can promise you this. You won't get there if you don't start. Now, that is a truth that we can know with absolute certainty. So I take it back. The last one is the fear of failure. And I think the fear of failure is based on a lie. And the lie is this that failure is a bad thing. That failure is a bad thing. We have been, I guess you could say, conditioned to think that failure is bad. And for some reason, we have this idea that failure labels us when we, when we fail with some sort of big, huge black X or something. And everyone looks at us with all of these fingers pointing and lights flashing saying, failure, failure, failure. Well, failure is an absolute necessary part of learning. You never get better unless you fail. You never grow unless you realize that something didn't work out right. Unless there is a a challenge or an obstacle or a failure to overcome, you never get stronger. You never get better. You never grow beyond it. And unfortunately, many times when people fail, they just quit. Oh, I'll never do it. I'll never do it. I'll never make it. I call this failing backward. And what we need to do is we need to fail forward. To fail, to fall down, to get up and learn from it and keep going. There's a story about Thomas Edison, that as an inventor, he made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. 1,000. And when a reporter asked him, how does it feel to fail 1,000 times? 
Edison replied, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. Now that's a different perspective about failure. That's a different thought about failure. Not that failure is an end, but rather that failure is simply one more step on the journey forward. And it's a change in how we think. Well, thanks for listening. Our sponsor for this show has been Bluehost.com. Bluehost has all you need to host your blog, website, or podcast. We are a Bluehost affiliate. So if you are looking to start a blog, a website, or podcast and are looking for hosting, go to our website, mindforlife.org. Click on the link. We do get some money from that. And hopefully, you know, 10,000 of you will go ahead and sign up for our new Bluehost account and we will make some cash. But I don't believe that's going to happen. However, I will say this, we use Bluehost. They have been a great, great tool for us and I highly recommend them. You can check them out at our website or bluehost.com. This has been the Mind for Life podcast. The transcript for this episode is available on the website. Just go to mindforlife.org forward slash 016 and you can find it there. Also, if you like this podcast and would like to get more information like this, sent right to your email. We send you information and interesting stuff right to your email. Sign up for our newsletter and get absolutely free at the same time a communication skills development program that link is on our homepage as well just click on the black button that says want to know more with a question mark recommend our podcast and blog to your friends share it on social media we appreciate that as well thanks again and as we go let me leave you with this final thought for the week what fear is paralyzing you right now what fear is preventing you right now from living a more happy and fulfilled life? And ask yourself this question, what lie are you believing that that fear is based on? Think about that and then fight against it with the truth. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.